Here we go. The truth is simple. Diogenes. This is the simple truth number 21, entitled War Machine. If there is one title that could accurately describe the U.S. government over the last century, it is War Machine. In the early 20th century, we had the First World War, ironically called the War to End All Wars. Ha! By the late 1930s, with the U.S. still mired in a depression, the Second World War broke out. The U.S. played a major role in fighting and ending it, and when it was over, men returned home and started a baby boom, and an economic one as well. For decades after that, the warmongers among us claimed incorrectly that the war had caused the boom and pushed for war any time the economy went limp. In the 60s, we launched the Vietnam War. I say launched because a CIA covert ops overturned the leader there and armed and trained fighters between 1955 and 1962 before dragging us into a hot war from 1963 to 1975. It didn't take long to start our next war, the Iran-Iraq War from 1978 to 1990. First, the CIA toppled the Iran government in 1979, resulting in a much more radical government. Then we armed Iraq and fought an undeclared naval war against Iran during the 1980s. When the 9-11 attack occurred, we were understandably upset. Almost all the terrorists involved were Saudis, including Osama bin Laden. Did we attack Saudi Arabia? No. By that time, we were disillusioned with the Iraq leader we had armed and supported, so instead we invaded Iraq. That mess lasted from 2003 to 2011, and we still have American soldiers there today. What about Afghanistan? How did we get there? That started back in 1980 with the CIA arming and training rebels. Osama bin Laden was one of them. Yes, the same Osama bin Laden behind the later 9-11 attack. Oops. We spent 20 years from 2001 to 2021 in Afghanistan playing whack-a-mole with mountain rebels, some of whom we had trained earlier, before finally bailing out disgracefully, leaving behind billions in weapons for the Taliban enough to rocket them to the top of the illegal gun trade. All told, we spent trillions making military contractors rich, killed many more Americans than 9-11 did, and left the Middle East in a hot mess. Then there was the matter of ISIS arising in 2003. Where did they come from? If you guess the CIA, you were correct. The CIA began another covert op to topple the Syrian government by training rebels and providing weapons. It didn't work as planned, but the rebels had a different idea. Thus, ISIS was born and a lot more people lost their heads. Another oops. We've been dealing with them one way or another ever since. What about Ukraine? Just a clear case of evil Russia, right? Nope. Take a wild guess how that started. That's right. Ten years ago, in 2014, the CIA worked to overthrow the government because they were too pro-Russia. Ukraine had a large Russian population, so that made sense, but not to the warmongers. 
This sparked the Russian-Ukraine civil war in Crimea and eastern Ukraine, where a majority of Russians live. Then the CIA poured $3 billion in weapons and training into Ukraine, who began killing a lot of the Russians. When those Ukrainian Russians asked Russia for help, and the U.S. State Department pushed for Ukraine to get into NATO, something we had promised would never happen, Russia invaded in 2021. And here we are now with another slow-motion hot war with no end in sight. Just what the warmongers ordered. War can be extremely profitable. We invest more in weapons of war than the next 10 countries combined. Realize that includes China, Russia, Germany, UK, Japan, and five others. Over $1 trillion per year spent for war. And we don't just make weapons for ourselves. We sell them. The U.S. is the number one arms dealer in the world by a wide margin. Weapons and war is our largest export. We arm other countries for war constantly. In fact, the warmongers among us actually argued recently that we should send more money and weapons to Ukraine and keep the war going to help our economy. Never mind that we've killed or maimed a large portion of the male population of Ukraine in the process. Sometimes we arm one side, then switch to arming the other. Talk about DEI. At one time or another, we have armed Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Turkey, Egypt, Afghanistan, Libya, Yemen, Bahrain, UAE, and Israel. And you wonder why there is so much fighting in the Middle East? You might say, we love war. Whether that is true or not, we have been, without a doubt, the major war machine on planet Earth for the past 75 years. Where is the most war, the longest standing conflicts? The Middle East. That is right where we are. Today, 30,000-plus American military personnel are stationed in most Middle Eastern countries, including all the Gulf monarchies. Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Turkey, Bahrain, Qatar, Oman, UAE, and Kuwait. That doesn't include intelligence assets and non-government mercenaries. When George Bush Sr., implemented Desert Storm and expelled Iraq out of Kuwait in 41 days and left in victory, it was the shortest and most successful war in American history. But that isn't what the war machine wanted. Whereas he should have been re-elected in a landslide, he was kicked to the curb. We don't just like war, we like long wars, wars that cannot be won. A mere 41 days to victory? Unacceptable. 20 years in Vietnam, and our fight to stop communism ended with the complete communist takeover of Vietnam. 20 years in Afghanistan did what? We started by kicking out the Taliban and ended by handing the country back to the Taliban along with many billions worth of our own weaponry. What our government really wants is a war that can never end. That would be the perfect war like the perpetual war in Orwell's 1984 that shifted seamlessly from one enemy to the next, but never ended. The war on terror is the ultimate American war. No defined enemy, 
no defined country, no defined group. As is done with all war propaganda, administration officials describe terrorists as hateful, treacherous, barbarous, mad, twisted, perverted, without faith, parasitical, inhuman, and most commonly, evil. Americans, in contrast, are described as brave, loving, generous, strong, resourceful, heroic, and respectful of human rights. Terrorist is a complete generality that can quickly shift the target from one group to another, like bees flitting from flower to flower, pollinating and cultivating a new enemy whenever needed. Terrorist is one of those buzzwords whose meaning shifts with viewpoint, but always seems to land squarely on a government's political enemies. Currently, our government seems to be working hard to make American patriots our new terror threat. We have even cast all previous constitutional requirements for war in the trash bin. There was a time that all war had to be voted on and approved by Congress in a formal declaration against the specific enemy. We declared war on Germany and Japan in World War II. Since then, our Congress has declared no wars. Let me repeat that. Despite nearly 70 years of ongoing war since the 1950s, our Congress has declared no wars. Zero. Now we speak of policing actions, conflicts, engagements and interventions, overseas operations. We conduct campaigns, engage in efforts, provide support, go on peacekeeping missions, all words and phrases meant to avoid and stay as far away from the realities of war or the deaths and destruction war inevitably causes. And yet, the deaths and destruction continue despite the double-speak lexicon used. Even the word wounded has been dropped for the softer injured to prevent the lost limbs that are common in war from seeping into anyone's conscious mind. Just a few scrapes and bruises, folks. Nothing to worry about. Since September 11, 2001, the United States has carried out drone strikes in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya, and who knows where else. We call these drone strikes targeted campaigns against militant terrorists. Let's be clear, they are assassination missile attacks, often on unarmed people that we hope, based on intelligence, are the bad guys. There is always collateral damage. That is another euphemism for civilians killed. According to the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, U.S. drone strikes killed 1,551 civilians in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia, and Yemen over the 10 years from 2003 to 2013. In the 10 years since, the number of countries in which we authorize drone strikes has grown and likely the number of drone strikes. After a Taliban terrorist killed 13 of our soldiers during the botched U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, we launched an immediate drone strike in response. Turned out to be a local man and his children who were trying to find water. No terrorists, just seven dead civilians. Oops. A government leak reported 500 drone strikes from 2009 to 2013. To date, the total number of drone strikes has certainly topped a thousand, although we have no way to know. The number of civilians killed by drone missile assassinations, oh, I'm sorry, by targeted campaigns, 
is, of course, classified top secret. So while we continue the war on terror in the Middle East, we have managed to start a hot war in the Ukraine. The Ukraine, where we are defending democracy, taking the euphemism of war into the abstract of the absurd, as if democracy itself was a specific place or people. The Ukraine, where our government, the CIA, overthrew the elected president in 2014 to install one of our choosing, one who has closed churches and banned its own media outlets and is now marching its own citizens into battle at gunpoint. What are the human costs? In the Middle East alone, the estimates are over 1 million killed since 9-11. Far more wounded. 38 million people have been displaced from their homelands. America itself has lost more than 7,000 young men and women to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Much has been lost on all sides. But has anything been gained? I'd be hard-pressed to name it. Has peace been achieved? Not even close. I don't have an answer. Neither does anyone else. And yet, we are still arming countries for more war. Like I said, the name fits. War Machine. And there you have it. That's all for now. Thanks so much for listening. Stay connected to The Truth Window by subscribing to my podcast at thetruthwindow.substack.com. You'll get notified when the next episode is available. If you stick to the truth, no lies can stick to you. So long for now.